0: We've partnered with Vicoco for today's podcast episode. They're a vegan online cooking school that was created by German vegan twins, Lucas and Samuel. They have everything from pastry, chocolate and raw food to a variety of different Asian cuisines. They offer a seven-day free trial that you can grab if you're not ready to sign up straight away. But they also have one, three, six and 12-month gift cards, which gives you access to all 15 plus courses, 500 Plus lessons starting at only $35. For being our podcast listeners you get $10 off so for example the one month gift card would be just $25. Use the discount code TMV10 at checkout to get $10 off. It makes the perfect gift. Visit vcoco.com today to take advantage of this wonderful offer. That's v-e-e-c-o-c-o dot com. Now on to the podcast. you ready? Yep. Okay. Are you? Yes.
1: (laughs) I suppose we should introduce the show.
0: I suppose we should.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. I believe this is episode 53. And if you're new here, this is a place where we explore the... (laughs) This is a place where we explore what it means to live with less stuff and more compassion. And in this conversation... What are we talking about, Marsha?
0: So we're going to share perspective on how things we own, we don't want them to completely consume us and own us. Yes. So, and have that control over us.
1: Yeah, I was pushing to do a vegan episode and Marsha came back and said, no, 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 it's December. It's a time of the year where consumerism is very front of mind mm-hmm. during holidays so let's keep it going with some minimalism stuff and this is a conversation that we were just having amongst ourselves reflecting on the year that we had and it kind of escalated into quite a few discoveries within our own lives so we were very keen to jump on the microphone and share it with you but before we do that I wanted to just update the listeners on you know what's been happening around the minimalist vegan in the last couple of weeks since the last episode
0: Yes, as we mentioned in the last episode, we were planning to launch our YouTube channel and we have done that and we've got... Look
1: at us following <laughs> through on our promises.
0: <laughs> feels good. <laughs> well, especially when it's public, it feels yeah, a bit yeah. more concrete. Yeah. Um, and we we've first published four recipes and then we've published since two more videos, but one of them is a four-in-one video where we made some beautiful, rich and decadent vegan truffles. Yes. So, that was fun. It was hard. Harder than I think we probably both anticipated Mm. because of the stop-start nature of creating four different recipes. But it was a really good learning curve as well. Yeah. So um, I think
1: we're just learning the creative process of video and YouTube, which has been really, it's like a breath of fresh air for us. Mm. you know it's like a new medium that we can play with so i think we're still experimenting with our style and how we want to present cooking so um yeah so i think the trifles was a really good experience for us to see what that's like Mm. but i think in the end for now we prefer just focusing on one recipe at a time and going a bit deeper
0: i think it's because they're all quite simple so i think that's why we felt like we could tackle All the four different flavours that we planned to put up on the website anyways in the video too. But yeah, so that's what's been happening with The Minimalist Vegan. And um, if you tuned in in the last episode, I also talked about deleting social media. So that's been an interesting experience as well for me because I just find myself now having so much more time and not having that... uh, a reflex of constantly wanting to check my phone um, and jumping on and seeing. I hate notifications, so I always try to clear them. I don't know how people have hundreds of unread text messages, but that for me is like, I, I can't do it. So I would normally check just to make sure that there wasn't anything I needed to respond to or look at or, you know, react in some way. So it's been it's been good to switch that off and hasn't really entered my mind that much. I have, must admit, I did download it um, yesterday just for the day just to see and it started to creep back in again, which is interesting. Like I started checking it more just because it was there. Mm. So I've deleted it again because... I just I don't want that having that power over me.
1: I think you said that your screen time was down like when it gives you that weekly report on your yeah, phone. Yeah, it's
0: down I think between 40 and 50%. Wow. Just from so. removing
1: what like Instagram and Facebook.
0: In Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook and in, like Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So I deleted those and then any associated, oh, and Pinterest, and any associated apps that come along yep. with those to post on like Instagram, for instance, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, So, but then I found myself looking at different apps or different things to entertain myself with in some ways to like fill that void that social media filled that was there. Even though I don't have many apps on my phone, I find myself checking emails more or going on YouTube more. And I mean, people can argue that YouTube is a social media in itself as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting what happens when you delete something where your attention shifts to. Yeah. And when you pay attention to what you're consuming and how much you're consuming it and why. Like you're craving that hit of some sort. So, yeah. So yeah. that's my update That's there. interesting. Mm.
1: And talking about, I suppose, social media having control over us or f- looking to fill a void, some sort of emotional void in our lives when we take it, remove it from our daily habits. I think that ties in nicely to this conversation where we're really talking about our relationship with things and we're talking specifically about physical possessions. Yeah. And um, why we wanted to talk about this is because uh, this year in particular for us, 2020 has been a weird year for everybody, but ironically for us, it's been the year where we've probably bought the most amount of things in any year since becoming minimalist about six years ago. Mm. Um, and it's really challenged us to reflect on you know, how we feel about those purchases and what it means to our emotional well-being and just our general attachment to things in general Hmm. so if you can just bring the listeners up to speed in terms of um, what type of things we've bought this year and how we felt about those purchases at the time and you know how that's led us to maybe a change in perspective now
0: I think this year for us has been interesting because if you haven't tuned in in the past we've moved from our hometown to Tasmania in Australia and so I think with that journey comes more opportunity to buy. When you move you get rid of things and then when you settle somewhere you tend to buy things to be able to make it more like home or because you need those things and I guess because in many ways since our goal was to move to Europe we got rid of all of our furniture a lot of our belongings to the point where we could fit a everything. Car. Yeah. Yeah. We could fit everything in. We bought a Tarago, um, just before we moved to Tasmania so that we can fit all of our belongings in. So that's not that's not too many things. A lot of it was actually sort of business related, so my food photography props and then camera gear and backdrops and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, and then again, we don't even own that much of of those types of things as well. So the move brought that sort of spending attitude to our lives, which it hadn't before because we didn't really need or want too many things. And I, for me, I felt like it was this fresh start and a new adventure and you kind of wanted it to be a little bit different from previous years. Yep. So just some of the things like, you know, we bought some more clothes, We up, Michael upgraded his wardrobe because he seems to wear the same thing day in, day out. So he tends to buy a few of the same colored T-shirts and shorts. Yeah, we, and
1: did we do an episode on that?
0: Wearing the same clothes yeah. every day. Maybe i don't if we remember. can if we can <laughs> <before> <laughs> if we can find the episode we'll,
1: we'll link to it in the show notes as well but yeah, yeah. Uh, i think it was mixed in with another topic but talked yeah. about this idea of a personal uniform so it was time for me to update that rotation yeah so yeah that's that was a, a purchase so i buy like a whole batch of clothes and at once and i just tend to write that out for a long period of time rather than sort of progressively adding things to the wardrobe
0: Mm. so that happened and i bought a couple of pieces of clothing as well and we bought we got rid of the tarago because it was a manual and i don't drive manual and we didn't need such a big car so we sold that and upgraded to a golf we bought new camera equipment some things for the kitchen that i needed for cooking some more props We bought plants for the house. Michael got a new computer. So there was some bigger purchases there that we hadn't done really for a long time or ever.
1: Yeah. And if I can just add, I think when we were going through with these purchases, like we applied that principle of slow purchasing and thought long and hard before we bought any of these things about what value they'll be bringing to our lives. But on top of that, um, and we've been advocates for this even in our book. We've been writing about for many years. A lot of minimalists talk about this as well. But the whole idea of minimalism is to seek and consume and keep things that you absolutely love and see value in and then having the courage to basically let go of the rest, mm. right? And so applying that mentality, it's like you can start to justify a lot of the things that you bring into your life as being really essential or things that you really love, and admittedly, in the process of buying some of these things, like it was quite fun, mm. you know, for for spending quite a long a long time not really buying stuff and then kind of indulging in this process, it, you kind of feel naughty, but it was it was kind of fun consuming stuff and being just a consumer of society, and I remember. Even though I've updated my personal uniform, there was also a situation where I spontaneously bought a jumper.
0: In a department In a store. department
1: store. Like <laughs> the most typical department store you can think of in Australia. In Here in Launceston, we walked in there and we... <laughs> I mean, we broke so many of my general principles of minimalism in this... Uh, situation so
0: i guess it's principles that we live by that no we but it's but it's not super strict it's not no, like super strict but it's like like for yeah. example
1: like um this whole idea of you know should you buy something because it's on sale right mm. we, we we've been known to challenge that idea because it's like um it, it just becomes another reason to justify a purchase that you may not need and this jumper was on sale um normally we would only buy Clothing that is ethically sourced or secondhand.
0: Or organic. Or and, organic. And you know, or yeah, organic. it ticks a lot
1: of those sort of conscious consumerism boxes. You, you know, is it cruelty-free? Is it organic? Etc. Um, this jumper meant none of those, well, it wasn't, uh, it was made of cotton, but outside of that, it didn't really meet any of the criteria. It was bought quickly. I didn't plan to buy this jumper. Mm. I bought it sort of on, this, on a whim you know it was just such a strange experience even to the point where we got to check out and we'll (laughs) that hasn't happened for so many years but the checkout person was like oh yeah would you like a bag with that like this department store bag she
0: didn't ask no she she, just went. she handed it over
1: didn't she and we're like oh no 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 that's that's fine and she's like okay you're just going to carry it like yeah we'll be fine but i remember like walking out of that uh store feeling kind of dirty but satisfied at the same satisfied. time <laughs> i was really happy with this jumper i was like this is a great jumper and i wear it all the time and i kind of got that dopamine hit that that little bit of a high of like think
0: you were scared after that you're like yeah. oh my god this was actually really enjoyable what is going on
1: that's right it was, i think because the fear for me was that like okay it, now that i've got a taste of this Am I going to like spiral into like... By the
0: way, Michael never buys anything. So it's not like even within your personality, I knew even though you really enjoyed it and I was happy to see that you enjoyed the purchase. I knew that even like 30% more purchasing is far less than anybody else we know.
1: But I think, I don't know, I don't know how involved you were in my life before I was minimal. Well, you've you've been in my life for a while. (laughs) But I think before we started dating, I used to buy a lot of stuff randomly. Like, it might be hard for you to believe now, but like, I used to buy like...
0: Yeah, but you're a different person.
1: $250 sunglasses, kind of like sitting on a couch and deciding that I wanted sunglasses to going to a department store that afternoon and buying it or buying like a, a... like a console, like a Nintendo Wii. I remember me and my friend bought a Nintendo Wii within 30 minutes of deciding that we wanted one in the food court one time of a shopping mall. And then we walked home with a Nintendo Wii. Like I used to just do stuff like that all the time. Mm -hmm. So this purchase of this jumper kind of represented that that period of life where it was just like this mindless sort of consumerism and this sort of this high that you get from it. And um, I, was, I was definitely scared. Like, oh, is this going to open up something in me where it's like, oh, let's just look for sales and just buy stuff, you know. No. And um, obviously, <laughs> it, it hasn't worked out that way. But it got me thinking about, okay, what well, was it? Is it okay? At the end of the day, is it okay to enjoy those purchases and to be happy with what you've bought? Of course it is. Mm. But
0: terms and conditions apply yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> but um i think that's where this the topic of this conversation really comes to life because <laughs> what
0: drumroll please <laughs>
1: <laughs> because this it brings up it raises this idea of attachment yeah to our things mm. okay and if I was to ask you, like, okay, out of all the things we've purchased this year or the things that you generally own, do you have – do you consider yourself to have an emotional attachment to those things? Meaning, like, they give you some sort of fulfillment or satisfaction or you, you, they give you happiness. Um, Do you feel that way about some of the things that we've bought this year?
0: Um, Well, generally speaking, for me, I – typically buy something and then I either regret it or feel guilty for it so in the moment even though I have thought about the process there's so much thought that goes behind it that even though I've decided I'm really difficult to please so if there's anything potentially wrong with it or it doesn't satisfy my needs as the way that I thought that it would I find that really disappointing, mind you. The purchases of plants,
1: you're you're often disappointed. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I With purchases, I
1: am. like from a, yeah, from an emotional standpoint, it's more. I don't know if you necessarily have buyer's remorse. It's just that I think you expected the product to be have this ten out of ten sort of outcome, mm. and it always feels like it's like eight out of ten like it it's just it just misses short. out like yeah. it's never like you completely miss like oh my god this is the worst purchase ever it's just like it kind mm-hmm. of it's just missing a few things
0: yeah cuz nothing is completely perfect and i guess for me sometimes it's like i'll just settle for what it is and just use it as it's intended to use mm-hmm. but because i've got such high standards now i understand why people struggle to buy presents <laughs> for me <laughs> Um, because I've got such high standards, I always find that...
1: Well, you can rarely go out and buy something for yourself that you're happy with. Yeah. So, what chance do other people have?
0: Yeah, no, I, and I understand that now. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's more so just seeing the value in that and letting go of the emotional attachment that I can feel to, to it. Yep. you know. I think for me, I'm such a visual person that even just some of the purchases that we've contributed to our home, I mean we live in a furnished house., yep. but we do have ad- we have added personal touches to it. So we've introduced plants and then there's some things in the kitchen that I've added to it that make me happy and kind of add that personalized feel to our home. And so, for me, it's not, like, one particular item. It's kind of just looking out, you know, into our living kitchen dining area and being, like, visually satisfied and emotionally happy with that.
1: Yeah, I see. It's like a sense of home. Like, yeah, yeah, your own touch.
0: Yeah, so the plants have contributed to that. Some things in the kitchen have contributed to that. So, But that feeling can be transferred to probably lots of other places, you know, yeah. at the same time. So I think that's enhanced it, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm emotionally attached to those particular items.
1: That's a, okay. that That's a really good point and park that idea for a second. I do have one more example. Yep. The car situation. Mm. The, you know, as we said, we, we had a Torago, old Torago, then we bought a Golf, not a brand new Golf but like a a golf gti it's like a fast one and interestingly enough way back when when i was i was never i've never been a dude that's been into cars but if i had to pick a car it was always a golf and a golf gti and so we had the opportunity to buy one and again it was like the jumper situation it's like oh my god like i I just feel like such a just the normal citizen of society just buying <laughs> a car that I wanted. <laughs> and it's um let's let's be real. There's a difference. Even though the Turago represented adventure and, you know, our escape to the island state in Tasmania and we then living out in that country, it. we can go anywhere anywhere with it. We could sleep in it if we wanted to, but we're not that's not the way we roll, even though we did plan.
0: We did to plan. sleep at least
1: one night in it. So yeah. we weren't that adventurous, guys. But um, that's what it represented. But then we got the golf. And um, like there's just a different feeling. I it, mean, it, it
0: was sad to see that part of life disappear where you're like, oh, if there's a scratch on the cart, it doesn't matter. Yes. If it's dirty a little bit, it doesn't matter. Like it was, what, 20, 20 plus years old? Yeah and it had a lot of kilometers on it yeah so it was but we knew that it would keep going yeah. this is the thing this is why we got a Tarago because we know that they are just machines like yeah. they just run and run and run so it just was a completely different mentality for me personally yeah. as to how that what that car represented Yes. But then it's interesting when you downgrade and you spend more money and it's a bit more of a luxurious car. Yes. It's like, do not touch it. Park so, it as far away from everything that, as possible. Park
1: that thought because mm. the money thing is, that's just a whole different board game altogether. Yeah. But let's just talk about the, the sense of identity, mm. right? we talked about identity before, but, mm. you know, from driving a... Old Torago where subconsciously, like on the surface, we didn't care. Oh, we drive a Torago. We're proud of it. This is great, whatever. But you do feel a different sense of pride driving an uh, objectively better car. Yeah. Right? And you, you feel more successful. Mm. Right? And it it is interesting because... It, it just represents everything that we have been fighting against, mm. you know, in terms of this more virus. Because upgrading your car or upgrading your house or clothes or whatever, like every time you do that, this jumping quality makes you feel more successful. And then what do you want after that? You want more of that feeling. Mm. And I think that's where the attachment Really starts to the the bond between you and your possessions really starts to develop. It's because. But to
0: who? This is the interesting thing. It's like if you were to have beautiful, expensive, super luxe clothes, but you worked at home, therefore you spent eighty to ninety percent of your time at home or like exercising or whatever. Would you actually bother buying those clothes? Like this is a great example. But of that. but
1: I think there's two. Two parts to what you're saying, because I think there's the blatant, oh, I'm just trying to prove it to the world. Like, look at me. No, there's I'm still wearing that this internal. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if I was to wear a but suit. But if
0: you didn't have, like, you can have internal and external at the same time. Yeah. Because if you didn't have that, uh, I'm going to wear this suit to feel good for myself and show it off to other people. mmm Because why bother wearing a suit at home? When, like, what's the point?
1: Yeah, but but you've got no
0: one to share it with.
1: Yeah, but then some people. Good. That's right. Some people. Identity.
0: Mm.
1: Identity, right? So you could be wearing a suit at home. Nobody else sees it, but you still see it. You know what I mean? It's still you, and it becomes part of your identity. Right? It represents, oh, you're professional. Mm. You're taking it seriously. Yeah. Because let's face it. I mean. We're recording this podcast in home clothes right now. We would feel a little bit different if we were wearing, like, clothes where we're ready to go out. Like, we would feel more locked in and professional. We're taking it more seriously.
0: What uh, are you saying? That people should not tune into this podcast? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, guys. <laughs> but you get
1: what I mean, right? Like, I think there's definitely, like, an external thing. Like, here, I'm proving it to you. To, well, yeah, look at me, mum, dad, friends. Like, I'm so good. I've got this car. Look at my clothes. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Versus, no, I'm doing this for myself as part of my identity. Both things are like very serious triggers to want to seek this feeling more. They're uh, both attachments. That's right. They're
0: both emotional attachments to possessions. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I like, and I'm saying that subconsciously. You know, when you get behind the new, the newer car that we have versus the older car, you feel that difference. Mm. Like there is just it's it's just there, but. You made a point about money, right? Mm. Because I think, okay, like let's just tie a bow on this particular topic here about emotional attachment to things. So, um, okay, whilst the new car, like you feel more successful in it, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's just a car. Do mm. you, you know what I mean? So I think even if anything were to happen to the car, um, it would be a pain, it would be an inconvenience, but it's, it's just a vehicle, a tool that gets you from one place to another. And, and I think in all of this consumerism, particularly at this time of the year, it's important to remind ourselves of that perspective that these are just things, right? Yeah. So when I look back at having a video console, you know, when I was a teenager, mm. like I don't think about the console and the device and how beautiful it was and how attached I was to it. I remember playing dance games with my family in New Zealand on a family holiday and that escalating and turning into an actual dance contest amongst the family. You know, that's what it represented. Yeah. And we talked about a a represented adventure. You know, we talked like this computer that I've got is like, it's just a tool. It's a machine used to do the work of the minimalist vegan. So many different machines can do the same job. Yeah. It's not about the computer. It can be
0: replaced. That's right. Whereas, you know, there's so many other things in life that can't be replaced. We were talking about it off air. Like imagine if we were in a car accident Mm. and the last thing you would care about was the actual car. We'd just probably be making sure that we're both okay and the car can be replaced. Yeah. Humans and other living creatures can't be replaced. That's it. So I think it's just putting things into perspective in that way. I mean, even with, it's interesting, a lot of women when they get married, they buy a wedding dress and then after the wedding, they keep onto that wedding dress Mm. and they store it, they get it dry cleaned, they store it in this beautiful box it sits in their wardrobe yeah. for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I honestly didn't see the point in that. That wedding dress served a purpose. It created memories. I have pictures with it. Mm. I even have, because I had to get it taken up, because um, it. I didn't want it to be as long as it was, I have a little bit of fabric from it but that's in like my little memory box from our wedding where the USB and some pictures are and stuff. So it's, and then I I sold that because I don't need, I mean, a lot of women I think also want to pass it down to their daughters if they want to wear their wedding dress. Yep. But considering we don't plan to have kids at this point and I didn't see the point, like I just want my child to pick their and own wedding dress. their own experience <laughs> and memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so for me, there was absolutely no emotional attachment to that. Yeah. To that dress. But there's
1: still, but you still get a sentimental feeling from a wedding day. Yeah. And the dress still plays a role. Yeah. But you don't need it right now. I just don't need a physical
0: reminder of it. That's interesting. And I actually wanted that dress to create that experience for somebody else. Yeah. So this girl in New Zealand bought it from me and it was shipped off to her for her wedding. And I felt really happy that that wedding can recreate special memories for somebody else as well. Yeah. So, rather than it being cooped up in my wardrobe... And
1: then creating another additional purchase in the world.
0: Exactly. You, yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. rather than her buying a new dress, she bought a dress secondhand. So, it's... Um, yeah. It's... You, you As soon as you start processing all of these little things and look at the bigger picture and detach yourself and go well what really matters like if this house was to catch on fire and we had to get out I think the only things that we would take is make sure that we got out alive and our dog Chewy did too so anything is replaceable and even photographs I think a lot of people get nervous about that but honestly With the digital age, how many of us actually sit down to look at our pictures again? Yeah. Not only until our phones give us memories from like a year (laughs) or two ago or social media does that. You know, do we really sit down to reflect on it? Gone are the days of albums. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people still do it, but nowhere near as much as, as we used to, especially when we were young, like our yeah. parents did it for us. I,
1: I think you make such great points. I mean, it comes down to like experiences and time and relationships, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like, I remember spending the last couple of months with my father before he passed away was the most... Uh, important thing for me that i'm grateful for looking back at because it was time spent together mm. you know we we talk a lot about uh, and i know a lot of us feel it but like you know we could probably call our best friend or our family just a few more times a year or spend that have those few more moments together because at the end of the day like when you're sitting on your deathbed what matters mm. like what actually matters um we don't think about these purchases we don't have this emotional attachment to these objects that we bring into our lives it's a lot of the time it's those relationships it's those experiences it's it's the opportunities we talk it's the places we chose to travel it's the you know, risks that we decide. exactly to right make. and like if you know we we talked about this off air but like you said but if we were to lose everything i know for me i I'm, might I'm at, i I'm at a particular place in my mentality where it's like well okay let me reframe it this way who are you without your things yeah what matters if you're what matters if you were to lose everything tomorrow Mm. if you ask yourself those questions it changes everything because then it's about like well what do you believe in how do you treat other people what skills have you acquired what value do you add to the world Mm. right um what relationships have you built these are really these are the things worth living for, yeah. right? Not what you bought. So as soon as you start thinking this way, it's like, okay, well, this jumper that I bought, while it was an enjoyable purchase and I like the jumper, it's just a jumper. Mm. It's just a car. It's mm. just a computer. Mm. It's just a plant. Mm. You know what I mean? And And I think that really helps to be able to still enjoy the process and attach, but quickly detach as you need to. And, and transferring that power away from the thing yeah. back to you.
0: Yeah. I think as we were talking about this off as well, we discovered that even though we want to create this detachment of our possessions, I think there's a certain respect that needs to come into play so that we can still can appreciate and look after what we own but not have an emotional attachment to them. Yes. So the thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about this was Japanese culture and the way that they treat each other and their things. Mm. I mean, I don't know too much about it, but from a very basic perspective looking at Japanese culture and the way that they live their lives there is that they... I don't know if they attach themselves emotionally to possessions and all of that. But just generally speaking in terms of respect towards each other, respect towards what they own, respect to making sure that everything is clean, tidy, organized, you know, even in public spaces, everything is super clean. People feel safe. So it's just that general respect towards everything yep. in life.
1: I I think I think that's spot on. And I think what Motivates maybe that mentality of respect. I don't know. Just looking at our behavior and your behavior specifically is okay. If you're not like necessarily someone who's naturally thrilled about what they have, like the things that, like in terms of, you know, there's the things that you have bring you joy, and you're like, well, not really. That is things, but you still have a different type of attachment, and that could be a financial attachment Mm. right so we talked about emotional but there's a financial element as well i think we have been told and uh to look after our things to preserve value in what we own preserve value in our property and our assets and like everything that we own because we might need to sell it again or it's worth something it is worth something therefore you need to look after it and i think that in itself can drive a different type of attachment but I think what we landed on is, okay, because you're right. If you don't want to detach yourself to a point where you neglect your things, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm. And it just, you don't look after anything that you have because the same could be said for yourself. Like if you don't respect yourself and your body, then you don't look after yourself yeah. and then you can get unwell. So the difference is, is between a, like being attached because of financial value and then respecting your things. Because respect, in many ways, is the ability to appreciate something, to acknowledge its its value and importance.
0: And it can also be making sure that it has the longevity. Yes. You know, obviously, the longer you look after something, the longer it should last. Yeah. So, even for a piece of clothing, for instance, you know, if you have a stain on it, you make sure that you soak it and wash it correctly to get it out. Otherwise, if you keep accumulating stains on that piece of clothing or not caring how you're wearing it and washing it, wear and tear, you know, it won't last you as long. And unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of the things that we do purchase are made to break and, you know, be thrown away quite quickly. In some ways, it's getting harder and harder for that, for people to be able to achieve that result. But it can also be the monetary thing i think you know preserving it and making sure that you can sell it later on or pass it down to your family but i think the longevity thing is also plays for me personally plays a big role is to making sure that well i want to try and make sure that i can use this for the next five ten years not two months
1: yes absolutely yeah and it's about getting as much value out of that thing as possible as well. And
0: again, that's respect. It's
1: respect. And yeah. it's also by increasing the life cycle of the things that you own, that negates the need to continue to buy stuff, mm. uh, the waste that you uh, produce as a result as well. So there's many practical yeah. benefits to that as well.
0: Being intentional as well. That's right. I'm yeah. just
1: saying that there can be a line, right, where the respect can turn into... A emotional type of a, an emotional financial attachment, yeah, yeah where it's like you're just sort of protecting, like a squirrel protecting its chestnuts, because it's like do they eat chestnuts? <laughs> what type of nuts I do they think
0: eat? Or acorns. Oh,
1: acorns? Yeah, like a squirrel protecting their acor- acorns, <laughs> um because it's like you know they're they're scared of losing it. They're scared of lo- uh, uh, trying to. They're scared of losing value. Mm. Does that make sense? Um, but I really like your approach of respecting your things to increase the longevity. And just because it's just like, it's just the right thing to do, right? It's mm-hmm. just, uh, if there was more respect towards each other and things, think about how that this. would have
0: such a massive impact yeah. on humanity as a whole. Absolutely. You know, like we wouldn't be abusing humans, animals, and the environment Yeah. the way that we do right now. So. I think that's a good place to wrap. It, it up. is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I like that.
1: <laughs> Can you repeat that? If we had more respect, then we wouldn't be abusing other humans, animals, and the environment. Yeah, that, that that about sums it up. I didn't yeah. expect the conversation to end there, but I like it.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you got something out of it because I think having this conversation before we started recording, we found it quite profound and it's always a little reminder that we can all take with a grain of salt to to implement and think about a little bit more often. So yeah. I hope, yeah.
1: Let's just keep perspective. There's a lot of stuff moving around from one person to another right now so yeah let's see if we can we can all try to ask ourselves those questions and mm. uh, still be in the moment but also keep perspective of what what these are yeah as always if you want to catch any of the links that we mentioned in the episode you can visit our show notes which is over at theminimalistvegan.com podcast where you can find all of our episodes and as always you can write in with any of your topic suggestions which have still been flowing in so thank you for that
0: or if you want the show notes from this specific episode you can go to the minimalistvegan.com slash 53
1: cool and that's it cool
0: thanks guys thanks for tuning in and we'll be back in another fortnight chat to you then thanks guys bye
1: bye